Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show Ghost <laughs> Miles Chapman um, Testing for sound uh, Nico and Miles Can I have a level from you please Miles? You certainly can, is that is that okay? Well that's great but you're not going to talk at that level are you? Uh, I'll this is how excited yeah, I'm probably going to get look, And then I'll probably link there. forward Look at it on there <laughs> So Already. we've got the sound file in front of us, so we can see the uh, what do you call that? The uh, you know the waves, the wave sound form. waves. I don't know what's the actual term for it, but uh, but yeah. because we've got the computer in front of us while we do this on, and we've got I'm using GarageBand today instead of Clean Feed, which I often use when I do the phone. But it's not very good doing uh, a podcast in miles over the phone because I can't control his volume, and he uh, tends to have some sort of technical fuck up that makes me angry with him about four seconds and uh, well th- therefore i have to I have to do a round journey of an hour just because you can't see that uh, basically i've done far. podcasts before and it's been absolutely fine for some reason you, i don't know yeah for some reason you don't know what why why it doesn't work on your one i, I still blame it's everything at your end yeah um, okay anyway doesn't happen with anyone else uh, okay so we we, uh, we what just, time are you supposed to be here I was supposed to be at 11, I arrived at quarter two, which is really unlike me. To you were, no, you arrived at 11.39. <laughs> um, and no. I knew something would happen. Like, I was listen, pleasant, you know, had a little song on. I was just upstairs brushing my teeth, thinking, oh, I've got 20 minutes of peace before that fucking walnut arrives. <laughs> and then and then I was like, oh, the, the song stopped. And I thought, I know what this is my fucking phone will be ringing and it'll be him going and it surely enough there it is my heart fucking sinks my stomach flips Miles Chapman <laughs> still laughing to call me a fucking walnut <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah that's fucking uh, it's great. like alright yeah of course you couldn't just arrive without ringing me to say oh, I'm in your car or whatever where are you you expected me to say I'm, I'm running late right. I'm already here you're already here 20 minutes early which is Wiping a flannel around your lot, getting a flannel at my armpits. <laughs> Do you have a strip wash Based, every morning? Based in my ass. <laughs> Do you have a strip wash every morning? Not every morning, yeah. but you know. My nan used to have a strip wash. Not in front of me, obviously. I do like a strip wash, and I'll do it properly. I put a towel down, and I'll pro- like crouch, crouch, and I'll be like a frog. So I'll get a, I'll get a nice hot sink full of soapy stuff, water. I'll get the cloth, and, and I'll give myself a right going over. Isn't it? Isn't that more hassle than just jumping out of the shower? Thing is, my shower's like one of them that you hold over yourself, oh. and, it's, and it's a roll top bath, so with it no goes curtain everywhere. on it. Yeah, so like, yeah, like you've been bathing, it's, a, fu- bathing a, a fucking St Bernard in there. Yeah, just water, fucking water <laughs> everywhere, yeah. like an Alsatian getting out of a lake, <laughs> just fucking dripping off me. Luckily, yeah. I'm not. I'm not hairy, am I? So the the dripping doesn't last long. In fact, I'm so hairless that when I stand up out of a bath, I'm dry within four seconds. Like a duck, just yeah. roll, roll just straight r- off you. <laughs> <laughs> like a, basically like a chamois. Like a, you're like, you're like a burghouse jacket. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
So you've turned up 20 minutes early yeah. and eaten half my breakfast. In, in fairness, uh, you offered me some... It was very okay. delicious, and I can't believe I'm saying it. Nick has actually given me a present, which I cannot quite believe. He's given me... Because yeah. he made me a really nice egg and cheese on toast. Comte cheese, wasn't it? Which Comte was cheese in nice fluffy was it, eggs. Was it cave age, Comte? I don't know. It's it was finest, so fine. It, whatever, probably was it. And then I said, "Cool, that chili sauce is nice, and it's Lingham's chili sauce." Absolutely. Gorgeous. And then uh, he gave me a whole bottle of it, which I'm very impressed with. So thank you. That is basically an afterthought. Let's be honest. Yeah. I've just gone. Here are. I'll probably look this, at it. I've you, got to do some sort of gesture. You've, anything that you would have pointed at, I'd have just gone. Have that. Have that. Best before if February. Gone, That's a nice little cocktail shaker. I'd yeah. been like, take it. Just please. Just take it. Best before February 96. <laughs> yeah. Being there for years. Well, uh, it's the least I can do because, Miles, if you haven't listened to old episodes, if you're new round here, uh, Miles uh, came round here quite a lot in the summer when I was in the middle of uh, a bunkers mental health collapse where I just became like a sort of Tolland man, kind of like dying on a, on a deck chair outside my house for about four months. And uh, Miles loved coming around and fucking pointing and laughing at me, and then he 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 came he came one day with a a basket of of camp gifts <laughs> that um, genuinely uh, out, even though I was seriously mentally ill at the time, I had it was like almost what started to wake me up again because I was so offended by how fey these presents were. Oh, a lot of that, thought went into them. Really? Yeah. Because it all—it honestly felt like stuff that you managed not to sell at a car boot. <laughs> Did so, you actually buy any of that? I, I, what I should have done was everything should have had a uh, raffle tickets on. <laughs> Another one's like a Tom Bowler. That's that's what it is. They're fucking <laughs> all day long. They are raffle presents. Did you? You didn't buy any of it, did you? Of course I did. You actually went in a shop and went. Oh, he needs some hibiscus elderflower yeah, drink. He, he and, probably needs and, a nice some bath lav- a lavender candle. Yeah, totally. That's what I did, because you were oh. in a fucking terrible way. I was in a terrible way, but you didn't need to like treat me like I was like your, your fucking... If you have been sat in the house, I would just give 60 you... Your 60-year-old Aunt May. <laughs> Lily of the Valley soap bath salts, yeah. yeah. Uh, I should If it had been just from the house, you would have got a, a used metal scourer from the bottom of the cupboard underneath the sink if I could sum up in one word what those presents made me feel like that word would be groomed <clears throat> work though yeah I got a no, bottle it, of chilli sauce out of it well yeah you got you got paid off in condiments that's the sort of thing just for next time <laughs> that's the sort of thing isn't it pickles cheese manly manly gastronomic kind of rustic lived in they're not fucking hibiscus and Cor- lavender. Coarse pate. But the thing is, you won't. You won't. You said you didn't have an appetite on you. So I'll only give you a load of food. I know it's not on you. Look, I'm not being here slagged off for being nice. <laughs> yeah, you are. Right. That's what anyway, the public so want. let's quickly change that because actually, we just as as uh, twas ever thus, we were talking about Andre Ryu again, right. and uh, we were saying that uh, yeah, whenever whenever you. Put Sky Arts on. If you leave it on for twenty minutes, invariably he pops up, doesn't he? There's some sort of program. They, about they, him. they they seem to give him like two hours a night. Yeah, Andre Ryu. If you don't know who he is, oh, I don't even know where he's from. He's he's basically like I, I, reckon, I guess he's Austrian. That's what he. That's my guess. Right. He's basically from somewhere somewhere in Europe that kept its gob shut during and after the war. And he he's like a what do you call it a composer. Not a composer. What do you call it? A he's, he's, a con- he's like a conductor for slash entertainer. And yeah. I'd say that in the loosest of senses. And he's clearly a big deal. And like, you know, he can't. He, he clearly knows a lot about music, as in classical music. But it's kind of huge classical music events for like hundreds and hun- like thousands of people, <clears throat> and they are the most bland. Kind of, um, I guess it's, you know, I'm not being a snob about it because I don't know anything about classical music, but it's clearly, it's classical music for like to take your nan to, isn't it? Completely, but 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 blended with comedy and humour and entertainment. <sighs> and humour in the Blended is the wrong word. Smudged. Smudged. Shoehorned. Shoehorned, yeah. Yeah, and I bet you there's lots of people arrive on, on coaches. You know those big flash German coaches and yeah. all arrive on, in them in the car park. 
and, and the audience is huge and he he does sort of like it's sort of like pan-european cruise ship slash bingo caller level banter and like they do um they'll do a, a an upbeat musical number and then suddenly everyone will be doing like little dance moves so the, the one like, was he he so basically he's saying oh. he's saying that we, this concert is strictly for Strauss Waltz, okay? Yeah. And no one can play anything different because yeah. this is etiquette. Are you listening to me, oh, my no, band? Yeah, my band. So he goes, none of this rock and roll stuff. And then we and then he'll just look over and some will go, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go cat go. And he goes, what did I tell you? You're in trouble now. And then all the audience go, oh, they'll wave their hands yeah. like fucking This idiots. is so, the band are not following the instructions of the maestro. The rules <laughs> <laughs> from the maestro. We must dance and be like, this is what it must be like if to be a all, punk rocker. If we, the, if we all stand and begin to dance, Andre will have to complete the song. <laughs> <laughs> but wait. Andre has got the leash back on. He's now in charge again. He has the reins. Don't step on my blue switch shoes. And they all wave little flags from whatever country they've come from. And it is the most terrifyingly sort of post... They basically all look like elderly Nazis, don't they? It's appalling. The whole. <clears throat> what, what I think what worries me the most about it is the fact that there's a lot of people there from a much younger generation. So you would think, Christ, at what point? At what point does this stop? Obviously, never, because there's people there much younger than me loving it, and hopefully they're, or well, hopefully, but they would think hopefully they're children as well. So this stuff will just go on forever. Sadly. What yeah? What it what is in the CD collection of someone who pays to go and see Andre Rio, who's like in their thirties? What is in it? Yeah, and it would have to be a CD collection, wouldn't it? It would be yeah. the very best of Brian Ferry. It would be one of them. Not CD, Brian Ferry. One Brian of them Adams. One of them CD holders with two wooden balls at the top. <laughs> <laughs> with just like what would you have? Apart from Andre Ryu, we've well, got to have the other ones that are a bit like that. Who's the who's but, the but sort it, of tenor? Who's the sort of opera singer for Mums? Uh, they had Bublé. No, no, the the no. It's like a European one. Oh, uh, oh God, what's he called? Oh, the Blind Geezer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That anyone? The yeah. Blind Italian. Right, Susan Boyle, the Blind Italian. <laughs> what's he called? Uh, Botticelli, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Andre Botticelli, five hundred fucking quid a pop. Yeah. I think my mum, my mum and my stepdad went to see him about a few years ago, and they they go the that audience almost exclusively won't have sat at home listening to Andre Rio. Mm. What's happened is other people their age have told them you have to go. It's a that's you not the river dancing. Yeah. Ha- oh, it's the be- oh, you, you have to. It's the best night. You what have is to it? go. Oh, can't explain they it. Can't it explain just it. does all go. The, he does all the music, and and it's just like but oh, you know, so all funny. The ones, it's comedy like, as well. And then what, what next thing? The band are bloody doing rock and roll, and he's just given up at this he's point. He's given up, and you just, he's just can't control. And the you whole don't know whether it's a laugh or sympathise with him. You oh, don't know where he he's don't, oh, and he takes it. So the way he does it, just the yeah. way he does it. That's that's how uh, old people that's, explain. Oh, just the way it was done. It was so clever. So the way it was done. I, do you know what Andre Vieux is like? I will tell you what he's like. I bet you when he's doing makeup, and they take just get off me, you clumsy cunt. I bet he's really horrible to people. <laughs> But really spiteful. My eggs are not warm enough. Um, really, I'll tell, tell you who was like that, and, I, and I've and I've worked with him for a day. Fucking John McCreerick. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Hideous man. Why is this idiot not able to tie my shoes? Come on, <laughs> idiot, idiot, didiot. Really, awful. that's what it was like. And Why were so you it was like, McCreerick? oh, do get on with it. Oh, stop it. Were you a horse? What happened was, I think I've told this story before, but I'll say it again. Basically, there was a prank show. <clears throat> Someone came up with a prank show, winding people up, right? And the it was from some Belgian animator who'd made some videos where they were doing like candy camera type stuff in right. the street. But then he was he was animating like a monster onto it, right? So someone, you know, if you're gonna like push someone shopping over or something, and the person gets annoyed. That will be what you shot. But mm. when someone sees the video, 
it would be a funny looking monster that's done it and then yeah, a, yeah. a real person is shouting at the monster and it's kind of cute and funny so i was asked to be the actor to wind john mccrick up in an interview but when then there was going to be superimposed on me a sort of toad alien toad thing that kept catching flies with my tongue so what i had to do is ask him questions and when he started answering me, I had to ignore him and look around the room and stick my tongue out and stuff. <laughs> right? And he was fucking furious. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, 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 I suppose you think you're clever. I suppose you think you're clever. <laughs> and, and I've got a little, uh, an earpiece in with someone tell going, you what yeah, to do. brilliant. Right, just look over, just think, just stand up now he's talking, just stand up and now like turn around and look the other way. Oh, this is preposterous. It was like that, right? But I was enjoying it because uh, this is after he'd been a twat on Big Brother. So yeah. I already hated him. And um, and I'd already seen him be mean to like the person putting a microphone on him and whatever. And like, would you like, would you like a chicken sandwich? No, I would not. He was all like that. Oh, So God. I was, I was really enjoying it, even though it was sort of degrading. He's like a toad, isn't he? So he then, is. and then they were like, right, now turn around, now bend over like you're doing a lap dance and like, shake your arse at him and all this right <laughs> so at this point I'm like well hang on a minute we're winding him up but now like I'm being humiliated yeah. and he was just like oh 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 you must be very proud of yourself and all that <laughs> like pure full of hatred and then uh, he, he ended up sort of taking his microphone off and saying I've had enough of this and uh, and then it was like yeah that's that done you've just you've just been verbally abused by John McCreerick for 150 quid <laughs> is that what they paid that's got i got paid for it fucking Jesus hell and, it, and the show never Christ. happened oh but oh, listen i need a wait i'm really this amazing <laughs> right we are back from miles's unannounced sudden wee right at the end of a fucking good story which is a decent segue because my wee was quite beige and we wanted oh, to, it was quite beige a beige color. wee a beige wee beige wee that sounds like a that sounds like a a, a a blanket for a toddler. Or or have you got um, a beige wee for the child? We'll get a beige wee for his christening. A French a French word for a, a very small starter. Yeah, a beige wee. A beige wee. A beige Could wee. I have a beige wee of prawn, please? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I was uh, we were thinking about um, tell them what what the what the broad subject is. Be- uh, beige. Beigeness, beigeness is something we've so. talked about a few times. Uh, things that are just so bland it makes us feel, as Andre Rieu does, the reason that winds me up is it's just so fucking bland and kind of like mass market. You know, there's no sort of art or sophistication to it. It's just fucking... There's no, yeah, absolutely. There's no, uh, there's no, there's nothing just there that makes sort of stirs you... the silt up or makes you feel... Yeah. That piques your interest. It's, it's just, just so. It just leaves me stone cold. Anything, stone anything cold. that would be cro- cooed over on fucking this morning is likely mm. to be extremely beige. So we 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 often um, send each other messages when when we see a beige thing or experience something beige, and then re- try and remember to talk about yeah. it on the podcast. So uh, Miles Chapman, please. Uh, let me know. That's that's Nigel Farage, by the yeah, way. Very good. <clears throat> what is this week's beige uh, subject that you'd like to start talking about? So what I'm going to mention here, and, and, and I'm just with a tiny caveat that to me, the, the beige should have two rules. One, it's like we've just said, but the other one is the people that partake in this beige uh, thing, or whatever, beigeness, love it. I get a lot of joy out of oh, it. It's God, not, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like, I just, that's the thing that I re- So for me, willingly, mm. willingly, and being prepared to be part of the Top Gear audience. That to me yeah. is just so, the way they all simpering little pricks just laugh at every <laughs> pathetic, <laughs> pathetic written joke. <laughs> well, I saw you driving the Ferrari, but you were driving slower than me. <laughs> and they all go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we've done a, a round journey of pound of miles. <laughs> it always gets you with that one, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> I said, the same people that would find this advert funny. I need a Nero. <laughs> I need a Nero to the end of the night. What, what's that one for? Uh, compared to Marcus, <laughs> I need yeah. a Nero. Yeah, there'll be people who've got um, Ale- uh, Alexander the Meerkat uh, cuddly toy in their car. 
Yes. On the way to see, that's it. The beige is right. Is is mega beige, right? There's you and three other white men in a in a what car would they be driving? In a some sort of big fat ass Toyota, on the way to see um, Top Gear live, right? Which they've travelled about three hundred no, yeah, miles. No, so for. what it would be? No, no, they, oh. they would be going in a an eight year old M3 BMW. Right. So it's, it's quite a quick car, but yeah. it's probably only worth about twenty grand. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they're on the way there, and then they stop. They stop for a Costa at um, Norton Kane Services. Charnock Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and they buy and they buy a meerkat. They buy a meerkat cuddly toy for a laugh to put on the back seat, and yeah. then they do all do the voices. But, I need a new but they also but they also see uh, a CD of Jim Davidson um, or Jeffro. No, Jethro. Right. Definitely Jethro. And they go, right, well, we'll listen to that on the way home. And that is absolutely classic. Oh, we were pissing ourselves. Absolutely classic. We're all the way home. A good so time was had by all. Paul was laughing so hard, but he, he couldn't see. He had to put him the old shoulder. Because he couldn't see. He was crying so much, laughing. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Now, I, I couldn't stop taking the mickey out of him because he ordered one of those cappuccinos. I was like, oh, you know, pardon us. I didn't realise that we were, uh, you know, it's it's like European cafe culture, isn't it? Having a cappuccino. I mean, I I ask you, I just <laughs> I just asked for a white coffee, and they said, um, oh, do you want? Do you mean an americano? And I said, uh, no, a white no. coffee. Oh, no. I said, I just want a white coffee. Since when did we start calling everything an americano? And anyway, Degsy was laughing his breeches off. Yeah, he was really like, and you could see the woman found it funny, but because she worked there, she couldn't join in. Well, the um, next thing, uh, Derek sees uh, the, the the little toy there of uh, Alexander, the uh, the meerkat from those hilarious adverts. That, that I just hope they run and run forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing: how long? Now, top top gear's on for an hour. How long do you think we were there? Go on, have a guess. Well, you'd think. You'd think well, you'd be there for an hour, wouldn't before, you? And like an hour, maybe five minutes at the end to thank we were there. Everybody. We were there for over two and a half hours. We couldn't believe it. Well, two and, and a half hours? But the programme is... Stopping and starting. But the programme is literally 57 minutes long. I know. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> so what do they do for two and a half hours? <laughs> the, the, mind well, bo- and... the mind boggles. <laughs> they stop, start, stop, start, stop, start like that because they have to keep redoing things. Very long process. Oh, I suppose when you look at it like that, then I suppose that they're making a television show. I suppose they must have to get all their angles and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> get all their angles. Well, anyway, uh. um, Derek, bless his heart, he, he brought in his little... Um, if you if you look carefully, you can see uh, he holds up the... Uh, the little cuddly toy he bought over uh, Freddie Flintoff's shoulder. You can just make it and out. And he just waves his little head over his shoulder, but they um, they, they actually cut that out, yeah. which goes to show that it is true that they do have to get all their angles. <laughs> get their angles. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I, I should have known, really, because uh, Marie went to watch Citizen Khan being uh, uh, filmed at the BBC, and was there for six hours while they tried to uh, make the audience laugh. They have a warm-up man who's very good, actually. Well, they're very, very, very good. funny. Now, what was his name? I'll look it up. Hang on a minute. No, give me a minute. I'll put, now, don't worry. No, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll no, look you it up. look it up. Um, but she, Billy, she said a good Billy time. Billy Bennett, that was his name. A good time was had by all, but she said, uh, what's funny is there's not a, that much laughter in the room at the time, They ob- but they, they also record the sound of the audience laughing at nothing just so that they can put use the lot la- use it over on. on later on that just goes to show you that um citizen con isn't as funny as you think <laughs> <laughs> and uh ah. and as i said to marie i said you know it's funny marie because you've always actually been openly racist but you really like citizen you con, really enjoy she, she really, said absolutely really makes her laugh she says they're all a lot of the cast are Asian, but nice with it is the way she puts it. Mm. Lovely. So, but I we in half time we ordered there's a there's an interval and you can pre-order your drinks. So I had a well I wanted a b- bottle of bitter like wherry or but all they had was Bex. So I had a bottle of Bex, a and, plastic and, bottle of Bex, and yeah. Maria had a gin and tonic. And when we went to the bar, our drinks weren't on the side. And by the time they came in, there was a long queue. So. 
it took us ages. And by the time I got to the front, the, it was it was it was nearly over. The interval was nearly over. So we were we were. I was pretty angry by that stage. Well, listen to this then. I, I went to the Albert Hall to see uh, the the blind chap who does all the opera, and uh, we go to the bar um, at half time, and um, I had a fat plastic bottle of Fosters, um, and was like, oh, I'm a bit peckish actually. I could do with um, just one packet of cheese and onion crisps, just normal cheese and onion. They go, well, they only have like. Tyrrells, right? These posh crisps for for posh people. Um, so a normal sized bag of Tyrrells crisps. How much do you think that should cost? I don't know. Uh, two pounds. Three pounds fifty in the Albert Hall. And the and the fat bottle of plastic Fosters, which wasn't cold, I might which add. wasn't cold, I might add, was <laughs> seven pounds. <laughs> And uh, I, 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 I was. But you sweating. don't have any choice, do you? You're a captive. You're a captive audience. I immediately started sweating. The insides of my grey leather jacket were sodden, and I had, I, had, my, my face went flushed. And Marie thought I was going to have a ruddy heart attack. But um, you know, you pay it, don't you? Because um, they've, they, you're fish in a barrel, as you say. We're a captive audience. <laughs> I said that's the last time we're coming here to see to see Andre Botticelli or whatever he was called. He Andre didn't even Botticelli, do Ness yeah. and Dorma. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so anyway, Top Gear. Top Gear, yeah. To Just actually, generally, I mean, thing is, you quite like cars, don't you? So I don't, I, but I don't like Top Gear. Why not? No, I don't. I don't mind. What I like, I don't mind the sort of the uh, the articles they do about the cars. What I can't stand. Is the the benign not benign uh, the business that they do? Oh, the studio the business, pointless band, pointless awful shit banter they get on with, and the audience sort of duly, duty laugh along. Um, is Top Gear now better or worse than in its Clarkson May? I think probably worse. Hammond, but I didn't particularly like it even then. I don't. I don't mind what I don't. I like the car stuff, but I can't stand them. I just hate that sort of that sort of false bonhomie, that sort of yeah. uh, you know that ersatz camaraderie. That it's yeah. just horrible. It's I tell you, another problem that's like that is ersatz. Ersatz. Jesus. The other the other one I can't stand is uh, 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 Gordon Ramsay, Gina De Campo. Oh my! Oh my God! That that to me that false camaraderie. Do you know what I mean? That's, it's that, just it's hideous. It's, it's strange, isn't it, that they've horrible. gone. After like twenty odd years now of like constant sort of high octane, not high octane, but kind of actually quite always trying to come up with new ideas for the angle or where they're doing it with a cooking show, which yeah. I love. I never get sick of it, even though it is like, you know, they're fucking milking the shit out of it, the cooking sort of um, genre. Yeah. So now someone's decided, wait a minute, because we've had them on the same show a bit, and there has been a bit of bonhomie. They've basically made. A, a cooking show that is the the food equivalent of Top, Top Gear. Gear. It's exactly what it isn't is, isn't they? Yeah, but it's shit. It's all you're you're absolutely right. It's like, but what what are the, what are the sort of challenges? Is it? I don't. I, I, to be honest, I don't. I haven't watched any more than ten minutes because is it more of a is it more of a gen, generic travel thing where it's like God knows, trying to make someone. It's like with Pilkington and Gervais and that, and it where they set one of them up to do something stupid and all that. I can't bear it. I do, what I can't stand is I can't watch people together where I'd know it. if I spent more than 10 minutes with them, I'd tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Also, I don't, want to, I don't want to spend time with them, so I certainly don't want to spend time with them on my television. Can't bear it. It bugs me that all three of them are already extremely well-established multimillionaires. Yeah. And they're just having a laugh and like their job now is like, we're not, you're not, we're not even... Like, I, I was prepared to watch Gordon Ramsay because he's a fucking genius chef because he'll cook something. I'll watch an expert yeah. doing what he does but now you're, you're fucking minted and now we're just supposed to watch you like having like custard poured on you in Vegas or something I'm not That's fucking so, interested it's so pathetic I hate it or, or have to go on a horse and then the, and then they fall off the horse and, and the other one get, they, and it's always the thing where they have these alliances that keep flapping backwards and forwards so they'll be like two of them against one Another, and then and then it moves out to another two against another one, mm. where they're sort of ganging up a little bit, like almost sort of like friendly bullying. 
it's these sort of setup. They do that on Top Gear as well, where they mm. sort of wind each other up. But you um, know, you know that when um, when like ITV or whoever or BBC are doing them big sort of entertainment, they're like, right, we need an idea for a for a thing. What does it? Oh, God, let's start with some ideas. Right, anything with Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. Oh. Right. Well, right. What could we add to that? Just oh, what about oh, Freddie Freddie he's made a he's, oh, he's they a get luckiest on, yeah. what, man alive. For, my God. No lighty, no likey. I've met him actually. He's actually a nice. He's I a bet nice he's a guy. Nice bloke, but he. But God, you're right. He's had he a is charm. Bloody life. Jesus. That, that, I mean, thing is, like, he is, he is lucky to have when for anyone to have come out of a comedy show. It's basically Phoenix Knights, isn't it? That made yeah. him and Max and Paddy made him well known, and he's ended up. Equally as big in a different way. Well, big, really? bigger than he, he's bigger than Peter Kay as, a, as a national celebrity, isn't he? But uh, obviously, Peter Kay was is still like really pure comedy, and uh, you know, occasionally he's done character he's stuff. Of, he's, he's like entertainment, isn't he? He's literally cheeky entertainer. He, he's basically the new fucking Bruce Forsyth. He is. He now he's forever just a per. You know, when you go on a stag do and you don't know that many people, mm. and there's always one that looks like a per. This is my mate Paddy. Hello, mate. You're right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Some bloke that just looks like Paddy McGuinness on a stag do. Right. Oh, but, uh, that's that's the. I see. You know. You I, need of, Nero. <laughs> I need a Nero. I need a Nero. But yeah, I have I have met him, and he he was actually genuinely quite down to earth and normal, and so. That makes me feel better about famous people. You meet some famous people who are absolute twats, but Paddy is actually all right, however bland that type of TV actually is. Uh, another song in the beige, um, in World of Beige, um, and and it's it's not so much, maybe it is the song, but it's more, sometimes a song comes along that, is useful then in a moment in other TV shows and that where they'll yeah. they'll play that and it'll be over like a, a montage or whatever and that song is search for the hero inside yourself I need to search for the hero inside normally it's normally uh, it'll be like the athletics the yeah, like exactly. slow mo the athletics yeah. or an advert for, for search for the, the hero inside yourself or like a load of charity chuggers for yeah. Keech. <laughs> on an advert on an advert or doing like a little fun run in their little t-shirts. You've got to search for the hero inside. So if I was in a hospice and that came on, I'd just be like, just fucking turn it off now. <laughs> Someone kill me. Someone just fucking put a pillow over my face. We all know why I'm here. Let's not fuck about. Oh, yeah, it's awful. That's a dreadful Can't beat a bit of hospice song. banter, can you? <laughs> uh, I think MP will full stop pretty yeah. disgraceful. What else did they do? Uh, they did... Um, <clears throat> Just a perfect day. That was the other one. That, I think you've mentioned about, that before. Yeah, where the, uh, the everyone has a go at a line. Fidanamus in as well. And later when we are through, we'll go home. <laughs> yeah. We'll go home. Such a perfect day. Beat animals in the zoo. Oh, Denga. <laughs> oh, God. Right, moving, moving on up. Moving on now, nothing can stop us. Go, just go, go for the M list. And then you've got one night, one man in heaven. heaven. It's <laughs> light of my life. Can you feel so alive? Oh, that's bad. That reminds me of like being out in like twenty. Well, what year was that? Uh, ninety-five, ninety-six. I'm going. Where's, one night. Where's it gone? One night in heaven. 1993. Bloody hell. Really? That's like girls drinking K-cider. Yeah. And wearing like a big puffer jacket and like... Um, Blokes all their... Sh Ralph Lauren big shirts hanging out. I had a, a long sleeve t-shirt with a, a a shell sort of logo on it, but it said ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> the pop, do you remember the Pop Elite Self logo? It was like the Pepsi logo. Remember oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What else did they? What other hits did they have? Um, we we are getting down to the bones once you get past. Uh, How can I love you more? How can I love, love you more? Is that what that oh, is? Because that's baby, how can I love you more? Oh, baby. Maybe that one isn't that bad. I don't know. But moving on up, there's no excuse for that. No. Basically, it was like also madly. Do you remember they did a 
they did a cover version of the Small Faces Ichiku Park. They did, which yeah, is so, yeah. actually probably the best, like the the most sort of I don't know, it's the sort of the most music fanny thing they did, isn't it? Fanny, that is, mus- that- not music fanny, like a vaginal, <laughs> like a, a, a whistling vagina. <laughs> I mean, like. Uh, it's a really weird choice because it's like nothing like their music, I is know, it? What really do you do there? I got high. Great song. Were you ever a fan of the Small Faces? Love the Small Faces. Tin Soldier is one of my favourite tracks. It's Tin a wonderful Soldier. Song. Um, keep talking. Uh, Tin Soldier is incredible. That break with the keyboards uh, is just remarkable. You're going to put it on. Don't know whether we're allowed to do this, but never mind. Well, it doesn't. We'll talk over the top of it. Fine. You know the song? Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing song. And uh, you watch the way he sings, the way he plays, the way he moves on stage. Oh, yeah. It's Weller. Who? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, which, yeah. who sings this one? Is it Marriott? It's Marriott, yeah. It's with with P.P. Arnold, the woman singer, it's amazing. There's that bam, 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 that's the best bit. So, oh. All right, hang on. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I'll have a proper listen to that later. Yeah, yeah that uh, Ogden's Not Gone Flake, that's yep. a fucking hell of an Ma- album. Amazing album. They, they were uh, one of those bands that got completely tapped up. Top top, what does that mean? Well, stiffed. Oh right, know? yeah. Don Arden, wasn't it? Yeah, Don Arden. Which, Don Arden. which is what's his name's dad, isn't it? Um Sharon Sharon Osborne. Well, Sharon Arden. Sharon yeah. Osborne's dad, yeah. She he was a big rock Svengali manager, Tim Panali, wasn't he? Guru, yeah. And then he uh, yeah, he basically took them under his wing and really screwed them up, basically took a load of money and embezzled it and Yeah. Yeah. I read, an, I read they a were a genuinely amazing band. It must be so tough when you see bands like for them, it must have been so tough when you see bands like The Who mm-hmm. or uh, The Rolling Stones just like massively successful. And I think, I think that you know, on their day, I think the Small Faces one of the best bands in yeah, they were in fucking the amazing. World. They're an incredible a, band. A big, a big album for me. That Not Gone Flake. I told and you then... that he did the. Um, he was a child star, uh, Steve Marriott. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, and he played uh, the Artful Dodger in uh, oh, on that's stage, right. yeah, and he yeah. did the original Oliver soundtrack. He wow. sang the original Oliver soundtrack. Wow! Yeah, yeah. well, I, I read a book by. All right, I read a book by the keyboard player Ian McLagan. Yeah, and he'd been in. He played with everyone cool, so he was in there, and then he played with the Faces, That's and right, I fucking Stuart, love the Faces. Stuart, right? Yeah, I do. I do love Rod, even though there's some. We'll we'll come to that because Rod yeah. Rod. I was, I was about oh, to say he's become massively beige. What he? I was about yeah. to say is when we played a bit of when we just ended up mentioning the small faces, nice segue. I was like, to explain what beige is, it's like at the other end of the spectrum, because it's not just about being a sort of culture snob, but it's like it's undeniable that things like the small faces, the stones, you know, exciting, amazing, fucking popular art mm. can be so good that it's sort of no excuse for liking the shit. And so I was, I was actually going to say, you know, bands like the Faces and da da da. But you're right, like it's very rare this, I think. But Rod Stewart is one of the only people I can think of who has a is a perfectly sized bridge in between the coolest stuff there's ever been and some really fucking criminal beige stuff. Like well, I can his... think of another artist actually interesting, Brian Ferry. Right. Well, what's what? Rocks so, like, music. although not quite as beige as Stuart, but he kind of went in that direction. What as, another, a, what, as a solo artist? As a mean? solo artist. And the other band, the other band, I think is the most criminal. I mean, I, I felt like I'd been jilted by a girlfriend when this happened. So, one of my favourite ever bands were UB40. So, signing off from Present Arms and to a point, UB44 mm-hmm. are amazing albums. They right. really are. Urban bleak reggae with something to say. Fantastic. Right. They got together, didn't know how to play their instruments, learnt the hard way. Amazing band. Yeah. Um, and then they released Labour of Love and then it became like the beigeish reggae band ever. And made millions out of it. So what what how what, how many albums before they are mainstream? Uh, so three. Well I'm having four a including UB forty in dub. Yeah, uh, present arms in dub, sorry. Right, I'm just looking, so I know this is like not great audio, but uh when they started then 
So UB40 in dub, that's oh, present, present arms. Yes, yeah, so 1981, present arms. In present dub. arms in dub as well. Present arms, sorry. UB44, yeah. 1982. So Labour of Love is, is 1983. That, and that's, that's when Red Red Wine came out. That's when it all started going. Right, yeah. Red all Wine and, and Cherry O Baby. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike their big hits, but. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like by the end, by the time they were doing uh, "Was Mency with that kind of oversampled 1990 beat. Yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah. Uh, that was pretty bad. But um, but yeah, I do. I I think they are slightly harshly looked upon. But you're right. I mean, you're you're more of a you're more of a an King. expert. Just right. I put on King by UB40, which is the, on that? signing off. Signing so off. So it's about Martin Luther King. Uh, signing off. Signing off. Is, is that an album? Albums. Yeah, it is their first albums. It's their first album. Uh, well, it, here it says 2010, but yeah, but it's probably a remaster. A remaster, right? Go on then. What's so it K called? King. King. It's just the opening. When I first heard this track, it blew my mind. It's the drum with a delay on it, and the way it kicks in. Yeah, I'll have a listen to that as well. And I, I remember first hearing that, and it changed everything for me. That was my, the song. That was, in fact, this could be another conversation for another time. That was the song that suddenly everything aligned at that moment. I went, that's what I love. That's the music I love. Really? And do, did you ever hey, have you, a moment were like you, that? Were you playing drums yet then? Or did I, that I make just, you... I just started playing drums. Because um, Miles, I hate to say it, is a, is a, a much better drummer than he is a podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, he is really good. And uh, you you have actually made some decent music. Yeah, you? I have over the years. But I, I, um, I first heard that track. Um, I was... I went around a mate's house and his dad had bought the album. It must be 1980. I must have been 12. So I think I just about started playing the drums. And I remember hearing it thinking, that is amazing. I'd heard Food for Thought, their single, but I hadn't heard anything off their album. And I remember hearing that track thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Did you have a moment like that when you heard a piece of music? That's it. That's, that's literally lit me up like a Christmas tree. Um, well... Being a teenager when Manchester happened, it feels like really kind of, I feel a bit cringy saying it now because it was so ubiquitous. But really, it was the moment we went like, it was a feeling of being in a place and that there was people who were normal like us were getting together and doing like the, the Happy Mondays. Yeah. And, but the Stone Roses would probably be the first songs where it was like, it felt huge. I mean, to us, it was huge. I mean, it was quite big generally, but to us, it was it was fucking huge that we were all suddenly kids who'd all known each other, just you know, hanging around, getting up to mischief, playing football. You know, you were sort of aware that there was good music. We we knew that there's like classic bands who were yeah. uh, who were important and all that, and we it'd get talked about a bit. Or the or like you know you'd watch Top of the Pops and there'd be things that were like that's cool like like them or whatever. Yeah. But I was really just growing out of like the sort of young the young sort of like between sort of ten and fifteen. You're just sort of getting everything off Top of the yeah, Pops, yeah. and it's not really about you knew what was like if you're like this sounds terrible. But as a boy, you were like oh the girls like that pop music and the lads seem to like you know bands and whatever. And then but then the Stone Roses happened. And it was like fucking hell. Like we we would walk round. We would go right where are we meeting. We would walk round uh, like a, a gang of us in our fucking long white sleeve t shirts and fucking parallel jeans and all that. And we'd have like a, someone would have a little ghetto blaster and we'd have the stone roses on. And we would just be walking around singing all their songs from start to finish, or with or without a ghetto blaster. Yeah. And it was the first time where we went like. This feels like it's ours. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't make me want to make music. It was act genuinely, it was Oasis that made me want to make music. When I first, my mate got me around and said, have you not heard them? And I was like, all right, probably about 90, end of 93 or beginning of 94 or something. 
and he he was in a band with with some lads at college and i was a bit jealous because he was my mate and he was like oh, i wouldn't mind doing a bit of singing but i literally knew fuck all music yeah and then suddenly he's like he was dead into a blur he was still into the stone roses like four years after it had died down and had been in a couple of bands and i was like what's all this then so he so he, he played me like a tape that was off the front of you know a, a mojo or select or whatever and it was like a, a an acoustic session a radio session with Noel and Liam singing just like a guitar just a guitar a tambourine and Liam singing like live forever and spaceman was one of their yeah, early songs yeah. and uh and then when i first heard that i was like i made the connection of how easy it is to get started and that you know you might not have a band but this bloke sits down with an acoustic guitar you know mm. you, you learn some chords and then you think of some tunes and I remember Andy um he said right he started playing some chords and it was the first time I ever attempted to write a bit of a song so he he was just playing I'd do it sort of joining in taking the piss because he just used to play the guitar yeah, while I was sat yeah. talking to him so I ended up joining in just because he, he was ignoring me and um and I was like that's really good he'd written this riff so I said put it on tape and I'll see if I can write a song so we put it on tape and I took it home and literally you know do you remember in the old days when you had a MIDI system where you would play a tape and press record yeah and then right. I'd press stop and then I'd rewind it again and press play again and re release pause and record and so I made it so that I was singing over like a little yeah, so you homemade loop yeah 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 and um and we, you know, tried to write this song. It's, I think when what that was, I don't know what was that ninety three. That was ninety three. Yeah. And um, so that was that was the first thing that made me think I better learn about this. And from then on, I started getting into bands and buying more music and borrowed a guitar off someone. And like, I never yeah. learned to properly play the guitar, but it's like a fucking life changing. Like you say, it's a life changing thing. Where oh, it really is, yeah. I mean, you've heard music all your life, but then you you suddenly become inquisitive about it. Like, how's how's that work? How do that make? How do they make that? How do you put a song together? How do, how, how do you yeah. get that to sound like that? What's the? I mean, I you know, with the band I was in Pimlico that we had three EPs and an album, and we did all right. We were signed in. Didn't all say you didn't. Yeah, all our stuffs on Spotify. So that's well, good. Is it? still on there? It is. But is it though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, what are they called? Pimlico. Pimlico. Yeah. I'm just saying it so that people can go and find it. Can have it. a listen. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not my cup of tea. Really? No, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. We'd, and that was the first sort of band I've sort of been in that, that, that you know, we, we, we did it properly, like a really good studio and, you know, learn how to do it properly. It was amazing. That was like wall of sound, you know, it was fantastic. Um, what do you mean when with wall of sound? You mean like you went somewhere where the... To, to achieve a certain sound, there was like mad gear and like well, yeah, it, it wasn't route. like I'm oh, a mate owned a studio. He, he can probably record something for. Him. Remember, this was in the mid '90s. So you go around some bloke's seedy flat and he'd have like a Fostex four track with a bit of outboard gear. Well, and that's literally like what this house is. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But this was like you yeah, know, four we, tracks. We, were we went, we went to, um, we went to the well. It's gone now. We went to the Stone Room in um, the first thing we recorded in Shepherd's Bush. The Stone Room was owned by. Um, uh, oh God! Who did the song? Love changes, changes. Climby Fisher. Climby Fisher. So it was owned by Rob Fisher. It was his right. studio, and it was amazing. It was like a most amazing. It was like a forty-eight track, every bit of outboard gear you could possibly wish for. Um, well, like uh, in London. Yeah, central London. What Shepherd's Bush? Yeah, it was amazing. That's a, I like that kind of pop song. That's it, that is very. That's see what's interesting there is. That is a pure radio-friendly middle of the oh, road, totally middle yeah. of the road pop song, but it's fucking good. It's and a another great one, pop song. Another one of my favourite songs, which I feel is in that similar yeah. vein, is um, is it Aztec Camera? Something somewhere, somewhere in my heart. And the other, I'll give you another that is song. Such it's, a good tune. It's a great song. Another Aztec Camera, fantastic mm -hmm. band. I'll rate them forever. They're amazing. Band. The other song which I love, it was a one-hit wonder. They did have an album out, or he had an album out. That absolutely nails that good song, but really popular was um, uh, Danny Wilson, Mary's Prayer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is that who it is? Danny, Danny Wilson. Wilson, fabulous song. The, yeah, there's like 
when's that? You're talking mid to mid eighty seven. I yeah. think Mary's between yeah, yeah between about eighty five and eighty eight. There was just seemed to be some absolutely top draw, middle of the road, but yeah. very well made song another, songwriting another classic, pop songs, yeah. which I still really rate. And they used to play it a lot on the mod scene, and 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 still do play it. Is uh, tribute by the Pasadenas, Belter. Absolute oh yeah, that was a good tune. Fantastic song. Uh, uh, Amazing song. Another one. This is slightly different because it was a bit more oddball, but it had a Beatlesy feel about it, uh, and that was, they might be giants. Oh, um, Birdhouse in my soul. Fucking amazing. Yeah, great song. song. Great song. There were so many amazing. They're they're, songs. they're an odd band. Then they're fun. Yeah. They're really fun. All their stuff is quite silly. Yeah. It's quite baroque and circusy. Yeah, but, I tell you, uh, it's very much like that. And a band I've always been a big fan of is Jellyfish. And there was a right. song called "The King Is Half Undressed." Absolutely, right. I'm actually going to amazing. Song. I'm going to queue up. I'm going to queue up. Uh, climb, uh, not Climby Fisher. I need another week. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, what it is? It's caffeine and tea. It does me. Right, we're having another break. <laughs> While you queue up, um, that's a good conversation actually about. So good conversation. Songs that have mass universal appeal. But actually, can still be seen as a, a belter of a song, and I, I really enjoy. It. There's not many of them, but there are a few. Yeah, it's and it, a, you're right. It seemed it seemed to that come isn't in the, beige, is it? Because it's like it's no, fucking good. It's good, but it, yet yeah, it's still it's still enjoyed by the beige crowd. <laughs> um, I think another one actually could be, which I love all their output. I have to say, is um, uh, "King of Rock and Roll" by Prefabs Brown. Another one. But an amazing band. I love their whole output. I adore. Really, I don't. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know their whole output. Oh, I've got, I've got all their stuff. They're really? incredible. Yeah, incredible band. Absolutely. I think Paddy McAloon is an absolute genius. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, so oh, okay. uh, you, you're quite deep on bands that I, I wouldn't have thought. You know, growing up, yeah, they, but, they it, weren't on my radar yeah, really. Same, same apart with from the big Camera, hits. You know, they, they wrote some incredible songs. Um. And uh, the same with uh, Blue Nile, which I love. You, you know the Blue Nile? Uh, don't. What is that a band? Don't know. The Blue Nile were a band. Yeah. What about right? Downtown Lights by the by the Blue Nile is just you, a masterpiece. You've just reminded me that there's a band that I've heard people loving, and I never, to this day, I I am looking now because I never knew, even I couldn't even name one song. Hootie and Scritty, the Blackfish. Scritty Politti. Oh, it's one of my favourite right? bands. So, I'm just going to... Green Dark Side. Bad example. Perfect way. Is that a bad example? No, I'll tell you what's a good example. Absolute. All right. Okay. Now, can that. I... Can I... This is sort of turning into pop quiz. Right, just keep that going. Because no, when it kicks I don't in, want to... It's amazing. No. It's... Right, I'll explain. You can't make so, Scritty Bility were they're a very intelligent sort of highbrow band. However, they released a, an album uh, called Cupid Psych in 1984. I'm going to go possibly 85. Right, uh, you're checking. Yeah, uh, that was groundbreaking in terms. 85. Of, yeah, groundbreaking in terms of its production. So it used a lot of loops and sampling and real high tech mm. equipment. Right. And the the album is is incredible. I absolutely adore it. There's not one duff track on it, and Green Gartside still tours. And in fact, one of my Twitter uh, people that I um, uh, engage with occasionally, we follow each other. Oh God, what's his name? Oh God, I forgot his bloody name now. He's their keyboard player. He tours with me. He's their keyboard player. I'll, I'll think of his name in a moment. Apologies if you're listening to this, but yeah, massive fan of Green Gartside. He's about six foot nine, big ginger beard. He sounds like he sounds like a a tiny little man when he sings because it's such a high voice really amazing band Scritty Pretty yeah I like that that whole it'd be good to do a little playlist of um, belting you know middle of the road but fucking highly you know respectable pop yeah absolutely beautiful beautiful pop songs so what we were saying is the bridge between excellent rock and roll and art and mum pleasing beigeness Mm mm-hmm and I'm not knocking him because I fucking genuinely love him. I love him, Rod Stewart. Yeah. I basically, I basically forgive him. Whatever <clears throat> he's been up to for the last fucking fifteen, twenty years, where he'll do like, he'll bring out a Christmas album of like the American Songbook, and he's wearing like a scarf on the front. 
one leg on the floor, the other bum cheek on a stool, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and um, yeah. it'll sell. wearing a scarf on. The floor. You know, he, he he released fucking Waltz in Matilda. I know. You know, and, um, just become a crooner, isn't he? That's yeah. That's but his I mean, stocking trade now. Thing is, I'm not. I'm not against a croon. I'm. You know, no. I'm, I'm literally. I'm literally. It. You know, taking positive action to move my life down to Brighton and the coast. Um, fully intending to see if I can make a few quid singing in in places, and some of those gigs I will try and be less beige and like play like you know decent songs and oldies and all that uh, on the guitar and have a little bit of dignity. But I would also, I, there's nothing I love more than singing a bit of Tony Bennett or um, a bit of Sinatra or like Jim Reeve or yeah. things like that. But but Rod, see, Rod, it's like you don't have to do that. It's like Neil Young's still going and he's still Neil Young. Yeah. But Rod Stewart, you know, like, I think the moment was like, obviously, there's quite a lot of his 80s stuff, like, some guys have all the look and all them types of songs. But I kind of love... Sexy. I kind of love them songs, even though... Hot legs. Yeah. They, you know... The the, the 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 people he was in bands with were like literally McLagan and all them who were in the faces were looking on going what the fuck is he doing while he did all the commercial pop yeah uh, but I thought it was all decent stuff but then he, do you remember when he did that one that was like sing a song of these old Motown records did it in the windows and we go yeah. on the roof and listen to the something of the music down below something whatever that was it was like well, it's like all he... time, baby. It's just, this new single that is terrible. What he's got give one me, out give now. Give me one more time. It's terrible. But I love his voice. I love his. his I love... You know, he's a fucking amazing songwriter. Yeah, he's got an incredible voice. Um, I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna. Ch- I'm gonna go for another band that have had mass appeal, and I don't know if they cater to a base audience, but I I love a lot of the stuff they do. Love them. Tears for Fears. Oh God, I love Tears for Fears. Can't knock them at all. And actually, brilliant I, band. I love Tears for Fears. Even like, there's one song that is, I, you could sort of, yeah, it's right on the edge because it's got a nice message, but the video for it and the message just feels a bit mealy mouthed. And it's Woman in Chains, right? Oh, it's a great song. I cannot get enough of that song. I love singing. It's not easy to sing actually, and it's. Uh, I've tried to learn it, but it's not easy to play. The other song I love, but it's the same album, is Advice for the Young at Heart. That is a beautiful song. Woman in Chains. It's a bit like... I'll just play that intro. I don't know if this is legal. Don't sue me. I love that. Oh, you're in already. Yeah. Actually, I've got a funny story here. I love all that. So, what I love about this album is what 1989. Okay. Yeah. The production on this album is, and it's I think his name Bob Clearwater did all the producing and engineering. Right. Is absolutely out of this world. It doesn't stitch the sonics on this album are ridiculous. I'm just waiting for a bit to kick in, right? So, so there's a there's a guitar line in this, and uh, I am and weirdly met the bloke who played guitar on it as a session player. Uh, We're just having a sing along now. But I'll, I'll find the bit anyway, right? Right, so you hear that guitar that's going. Yeah. So we did a, we made a, we ended up being a series, but I didn't work on the series. We did a pilot of a weird game show idea with Noel Edmonds, right? And that was a fucking weird experience. But he he was like be, trying to be wacky, and he had, he wanted a bit where suddenly in the studio the camera whips round and there's like some bloke playing a searing guitar solo, right? Yeah, you know, like a little visual gag in the show. Poor, poor idea, but there you go. So he's like, "Yeah, I'll get my friend in um, 
he's a session player, amazing guitarist. So this bloke turns up, and I, now Noel Edmonds, I'll tell you now, is a strange person to be in a room with. He he is decked out in very very expensive, odd looking millionaire man clothes. Right. You know, like I am listening, so I'm just jeans. Them. Like his jeans were like a grand, and like his, cow, <laughs> his cowboy a boots. Grand his cowboy boots. <laughs> his cowboy boots are like four grand, and his him and his wife are wearing the same clothes, and it was just very odd. He looked like he'd been painted. Like he looked like porcelain who'd been painted to look human, and his hair was all set, and and his wife colours his beard in. Oh God! And does, and does his makeup and that, and his I hair. Living like that. And, and and his streaks and all that, so he looks the same. Anyway, it, it was an odd thing being being in his orbit for a few days, right? But he brought along this guitarist bloke, and while we were all waiting around, I sort of like had a bit of a chat with him. And I've got to admit, I was a bit like sniffy, like, oh, it's one of Noel Edmonds' weird millionaire mates. Like, God, well, imagine what his social yeah. life's like, hanging around with this cheesy guy. And then, and then, um, so I'm sitting there having a cup of tea. Oh, yeah, you're a guitarist. Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm a session player. Oh, right, that's amazing. Like, to be, immediately my respect goes up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, all oh, right, right. I've played on loads of pop records. Right, okay. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I've just been working with Morrissey. I was like, fuck, that's pretty fucking cool. What's his name? Um, I can't remember. But um, he'd just been playing with Morrissey, and I said, any other big, big hits? He went, yeah. He goes, uh, played, I played that guitar line on Woman in Chains. I was like, fucking hell. Wow. That is amazing. Like, And obviously, that'll just, he probably wouldn't have even thought about it. It's just, oh, this no. sounds all right oh, over that. And it's like amazing. iconic 80s yeah, moment. That whole album's incredible. Amazing. I love it. Just shows you, doesn't it? You never know what what people have uh, got in their tank. Uh, another another songwriter who, in fact, I'm, I've got tickets to go and see uh, him, and I hope how much of the band are going to play. They're going to play the whole of Pelican West at Shepherd's Bush Empire, and that's Nick Haywood and Haycock 100. Amazing band. Really? Adore them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're fab. Now, Nick Haywood went on to have a reasonably successful solo career, Yeah. and he bought out an album. His first solo album was called North of a Miracle. And it is amazing. Again, really? much like the Tears for Fears thing, it everything was thrown at it in terms of money, production, right. everything else. And um, and the bass player in that band was Pino Pelladino, who's played with everyone. Really? Yeah, amazing session bass. It's great. The whole album is fabulous. Read. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good chat. I was like, but I'm going to leave you with my story from uh, the other night in London. You said you've got to use that. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's this is absolutely, funny. Absolutely, this has got no connection or segue at all. What we're we'll talking about, apart from it's a kind of musical base or music base. But <laughs> so I went into London uh, a couple of nights ago to meet some friends for uh, a drink and a bite to eat, and uh, I got the chi I got the train into London, and I the nearest place for this restaurant was Warren Street. So I got on the tube at King's Cross, and it was quite a busy tube, and I managed to find a seat, nick a seat, and I sat down, and this woman got on say she was sort of late 60s and uh she wasn't struggling but because she was a bit older than me i just did this sort of chivalrous polite thing and said would you like my seat she went oh that's very kind of you know honestly i'm fine i said are you sure she went she went oh yes very nice you thank you i said no problem at all there was like 10 seconds nothing and then she looked straight at me she says where are you off to tonight then i thought oh no i don't really want to have a conversation loud conversation with you but i thought you know i'll humor her i said i'm just off to meet some friends in London. Uh, oh, where are you getting off? Uh, uh, I'm getting off at um, Warren Street. That's exactly where I'm getting off, and I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going to the Northumberland Theatre to go and see my favourite film, which is... I've forgotten the bloody film. Cabaret. Cabaret, Ca which is Cabaret. I've seen it over 150 times. <laughs> uh, I know all the words, all the lyrics. I know everything about it. You ask me any question about it, I know everything. But I'm going on my own. I don't want him to ruin it. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful evening. I cannot wait. Uh, ba 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 Have you seen it? I said, yeah, I think I've... What do you mean you think you've seen it? It's the best film. Anyway, luckily, Warren Street arrived. I sort of bolted off the train, went to go up the uh, escalators. I'm about... I don't know, sort of a third of the way up, feel a tap on my shoulder. I look round. She looks straight at me and goes, Life is a cabaret, <laughs> old son. Life is a cabaret. And on she the smiled. Tube. On the, on the on escalator. escalator. And she smiled. And then as she smiled, a load of blood started coming out of her right nostril. <laughs> she had a fucking mat. And I said, oh, 
You're having a nosebleed. Should, am I? Should, oh, oh my goodness. I haven't had one of those in years. What's caused that? It's like a sort of witch. Oh, like, it's awful. So I got to the top of the escalators with a woman covered in blood. It looks like I don't know what it must have looked like to buy like standards. You her. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Shrek. Uh, yeah, that was a weird old evening. That so, is fucking uh, funny. So I abandoned a bloodied woman at the top of the escalators. I wonder if she still went. I don't know. Oh, well, I hope so. She was obviously very excited. Perhaps she got so well, excited. She was too That's what fucking caused a nosebleed. Of course it was. I mean, caused a nosebleed. Classic, isn't it? Yeah. There'd always be some kid at school waving her arms around too much, and then the next thing, there's fucking claret everywhere. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking calm down. Your capillaries will burst. <laughs> Life is a cabaret, old son. Right. Life is a cabaret. Well, we I think that's a good a good note to end on. Um, thanks for coming. No, oh, it's a pleasure. Um, this is the last time you'll ever be in this little house. I know. Because it's I'm leaving. I'm very grateful it's the last time in your... Pokey your, little cottage. Your moribund little hovel. Yeah. There will be a trainee doctor living here by January the oh, 16th. Oh, really? Yeah. And you I, you, to be honest, you could have done with their hair permanently when you were <laughs> looking <laughs> after you. All right. Right. Cheers, mate. Bye. That was Miles Chapman, everybody. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I, I'm, I'm one. <laughs>